campers. Welcome to Museum Camp. I'm Megan. I'm Madison. Hello. Welcome to the show of the century. It's the big show. It's the big day. (laughs) Okay. Actually, level your expectations. It's just a normal run-of-the-mill episode. (laughs) So sorry. (laughs) Megan, how are you? I'm pretty good. Um, I don't think I have a vitamin D deficiency at the moment. So that's pretty cool. Brag. (laughs) The sun is out. Um, as am I, I've just been outside in the sun and truly like a little flower. Soaking up that D. Yeah. (laughs) Don't say that. Actually correct. Just making, you know, um, it's just the whole photosynthesis process for me right now. And I'm thriving. Yeah. By this time next week, you will be a full-blown flower. That's right. Yeah. Um, How have you been? I've been good. Um, Also soaking up a lot of sun. We laid a bunch of sod yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I have some good tan lines that you can't see at all on Zoom. Um, You didn't do it in the nude like your No, I should have. I know. Our neighbors (laughs) just like hang out naked in their yard and it's (laughs) it was fine before the our other neighbor cut all of her trees down (laughs) yeah and yeah you need a little privacy if you're gonna go full-blown naked yeah it just feels I mean I'm proud of them I'm happy for them good good for them yeah but man just it was a lot of work yeah my dogs are barking sure um but we did it. We're doing amazing. We are. We're killing it. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of things to share with you. All right. First and foremost, you've listened to Up and Vanished, right? Yeah. I listened to the first two seasons, I think. Okay. Well, then you'll appreciate. Okay. So they're just now putting out episodes regarding the Tara Grinstead. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, what are their names? Bo Duke and Ryan mm. Dukes. The two that yeah. were charged are now going through their trials. Oh, um, okay. yeah. And, um, what's his name? Who's the guy that Payne does Lindsay. the show? Payne Lindsay was subpoenaed. Um, oh. and I haven't gotten further than finding that out. Um, but it is very interesting and they're doing a great job of like covering the trials so far. Oh, so I love that. I'll have to listen. Cause I loved that first season. That was like maybe the first podcast that like got me into podcasts. Yeah, I do love it. it and so like good. when you were listening, if, if anyone out there listened to season one of up and vanished as it was happening, there was nothing better. It was like, oh my God. As information was coming out, like there will never be another podcast that does that for you. Like that feeling. It was insane. So So good. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is that I've been watching a new series on HBO. Um, you may have heard of it. It's called the staircase. 
Oh yeah. Okay. So we all know the documentary, but of Mm -hmm. course now there is, um, a dramatization of it, um, starring Colin Firth, Tony Collette, um, Sophie Turner is in it. Oh my God. Um, Parker Posey is in it. It's like star studded. I love Parker Posey so much. Yeah. Wow. um, She plays Freda from the DA and she's just so good. It's very, very good. Um, Highly recommend. Uh, I need to watch it. I have. Well, and especially if, if anyone out there like me was very bored at watching the documentary series. Yeah. Um, I just like lost interest because mm-hmm. truly to me, it was like, all right, this guy did it. Why are we, why are we yeah. entertaining all these? Yeah. Um, but the acting, the writing, everything in this is uh-huh. very good. Isn't this, isn't the dramatization kind of written under the like assumption or whatever that he didn't do it? So they kind of, play both sides like with with how far I've gotten it's very interesting like the duality of it because Mm -hmm. I I don't often see shows especially regarding like true crime doing it this way where they're showing the DA's point of view of like why it looks like he did it but they're also showing the family's point of view of why they believe yeah but it was a fucking Um, owl right Right. So, but it's, it's really interesting how they're doing it. And at this point, I'm like, I could see it either way. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cool. I'll have to tune in. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's going on with you? I've been watching an old favorite, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which I'm pretty sure I've talked about on the show before. And it's very much not my normal vibe, but the fourth season of Netflix's The Circle is back. And I just, I don't know why I love it. Uh-huh. I just, uh, it's so good. It's so unbelievably stupid and I adore it. Um, I've never seen a second of The Circle. Oh my God. It's, it's just a real hoot. Yeah. Um. That's what I hear. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It just really kills me Um, to the point too, where like, I'll be watching it and Matt, who is like very anti (laughs) that whole concept in general of reality TV is now like getting invested in it too. (laughs) I also just love that Matt and I are kindred spirits. We are like in way too many ways. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, that's what I've been watching quite a bit of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Netflix is doing that thing where they're like staggering it, but they're releasing like four episodes every week. So I can like binge mm-hmm. a little bit every single week <laughs> on Friday. And it's just such a nice way to end my week. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I know. Um, I love it. yeah. Other than that, I don't know, not too much going on. Okay. Well, shall we? You know, we can't we can't be super interesting every time you guys. We're just regular people. We're just like you. <laughs> yeah, we're ordinary. <laughs> um All right. 
yeah, let's get rid of this intro. Yep. Goodbye, little intro. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
Um, as someone who's afraid of heights, I don't think that I want a sky burial personally, but you know, I'm, I'm more consider I'm more anticipating that like a, a dead body would just like fall out of the sky and, and hit me. Oh, sure. Yeah. That so, wouldn't be great. That's where my mind is going. Okay. And understood. And I agree. <laughs> <laughs> a hot take <laughs> a hot take not a big fan of sky uh, bodies falling from the sky um <laughs> differing beliefs about cleanliness and the relationship between body and soul are reflected in funerary practices a memorial service is a funerary ceremony that is performed without the remains of the deceased person the word funeral comes from the latin funus is that how you mm-hmm. say that uh, which assume. had a, huh? I would assume that's right. Oh yeah. 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 I was just guessing. Well, I mean, you're just, yeah. The Pope's obviously... not listening. He's not going to correct you on this. <laughs> we are going to talk about the Pope. So thank God he's oh, not good. Listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but Funus had a variety of meetings, including the corpse and the funerary rites themselves. The practice of burying or cremating the dead goes way back. So from newscientist.com, quote, Stone Age people were cremating their dead in fire pits about 9,000 years ago in what is now Israel. Yeah, that's a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The development of cremation may have been linked to a shift in their religious beliefs away from worship of ancestors. For tens of thousands of years, people tended to bury their dead, says Fanny Bachwinton, at the French National Center for Scientific Research in Paris. There is also evidence that Neanderthals buried their dead about 70,000 years ago. Um, Also, like, the thing is that I, I know that, like, scientists and professors and all of these people who are way smarter than me say Neanderthals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just. But there is feels, an H there. There is an H and it feels embarrassing to say Neanderthals. <laughs> yeah. I feel like someone's going to correct me, even though yeah. <laughs> they would be I, wrong. The thing is, I think that there are some things where it's just like, okay, to in, you know, normal everyday life, just like, you know slum it with the uh regs yeah with the normies the normies the plebes <laughs> <laughs> sorry academia uh, so sorry we love you um cremation in which the body is intentionally burned is a relatively recent invention a bunk bach quinton and her colleagues have excavated a stone age village called uh, by Simon in Israel, it was occupied between at least 7,200 and 6,400 BCE. During the dig, they discovered a U-shaped pit 80 centimeters across and 60 centimeters deep. The sides of the pit had been plastered with wet mud, similar to that used elsewhere in the village to make mud bricks. And in the middle of the pit, the team found a large quantity of ash, which contained 355 fragments of charred human bone. Oof. Crazy. 
That's crazy. But I find that so interesting that like, even before, you know, real culture started to develop, like, yeah, there were still funerary practices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's skip forward a little bit to ancient Rome and Greece. Okay. Love them. Uh, love them. From Wikipedia, quote, in ancient Rome, the eldest surviving male of the household, the pater familias, mm-hmm. was summoned to the deathbed where he, this sentence, I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> was summoned to the deathbed where he attempted to catch and inhale the last breath of the descendant. Oh, yeah. The descendant. So uncomfortable. Um, yeah. You know Reverse CPR. Like, <laughs> just the worst halitosis too. Like, you know, a dying person's last breath. In ancient Rome. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, rose and also like what a traumatic thing to be your last moment on earth is like your older brother trying to suck the breath out of you (laughs) (laughs) and also what if they were dying of like some virus I mean I think this was a a skush before germ theory (laughs) that's true so I'm sure I guess they just I can't went be too hard and on. just got it like, you know, an exorcism or something. And then they were fine. <laughs> and then they were fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, funerals of the socially prominent usually were undertaken by professional undertakers called libitinari. By the way, I want to give a blanket. I'm so sorry for how I pronounce any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I have looked up pronunciations, but my brain just isn't capable. We can only do so much. <laughs> I just can't withhold that many words that I don't, yeah. that I've never heard. So, yeah. well, you know, so if there are any ancient Romans listening, don't be offended <laughs> if we butcher so that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I give that blanket. I'm sorry, because we will be going into several other places okay. in the world. Okay. 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 Not just the room for now. I don't care about offending ancient Romans. (laughs) They kind of deserve it. Yeah. Um, no direct description has been passed down of Roman funeral rites. These rites usually included a public procession to the tomb or pyre where the body was to be cremated. The surviving relations bore masks bearing the image of the family's deceased ancestors. Hmm. I don't uh oh, I thought you froze but I think you were just in shock for so I was long. pausing ah. I was doing a dramatic pause because yeah, a pregnant pause I just well and just like picture you're at like a family member's funeral and everyone is wearing masks of that person's likeness that just seems yikes Spooky. yeah so scary Ew. a lot of ghosts in here tonight in um the dropout on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene where it's Elizabeth's birthday, Elizabeth Holmes, and um, they hand everyone who attends the party like a paper mask of her face. And it's honestly the most horrifying thing. That is so scary. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> 
Um, the right to carry the masks in public eventually was restricted to families prominent enough to have held curl uh, magistracies. Mimes, dancers, and musicians hired by the undertakers and professional female mourners took part in these processions. We'll get into like the professions of funeral mourners because that's a crazy I mean, thing also. I love it here. Okay. I'll give half a point to ancient Rome because they could have just said like, you know, some modern societies do like women are a little too emotional. We can't pay them as much. And I like yeah. that ancient Rome is kind of leaning into that. Like, Lean Hey, into it. these people tend to be emotional. Let's pay if them. For I, it. Well, and like, if there was a job where I could get paid to cry, uh, I'd be I'd the richest be, woman in the world. I'd be tenured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nine days after the disposal of the body by burial or cremation, a feast was given and a libation poured over the grave or the ashes. Since most Romans were cremated, the ashes typically were collected in an urn and placed in a uh, niche in a collective tomb called a columbarium. Uh, During this nine-day period, the house was considered to be tainted, funesta, and was hung with taxus baccata or Mediterranean cypress branches to warn passersby. At the end of the period, the house was swept out to symbolically purge it of the taint of death. And that's the ancient Romans for you. We're going to go on over to the ancient Greek now. The taint of death kind of sounds like a like a female heavy race. metal band. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Someone take that and run with it. Run Please. with <laughs> run with the taint of death. <laughs> yeah. Sprint with the taint of death. <laughs> okay. The ancient Greek funeral since the Homeric era included the prothesis and ekphora. The burial and paradipnon. In most cases, this process is followed faithfully in Greece until today. Um, Prothesis is the deposition of the body of the deceased on the funereal bed and the threnody of his relatives. I don't know what that word means. Um... Today, the body is placed in the casket that that is always open in Greek funerals. Whoops. Whoops. Ooh. Hey, guys. I, well, I'm just thinking like there, there are some funerals I feel like where a closed casket is definitely necessary. Yeah, like a mauling by a bear. Yeah. Or, you know, a decapitation falling from, you know, a very high staircase, (laughs) (laughs) not to bring it back to the staircase, but (laughs) yeah, there, there are some, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of them, honestly. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. I will. And that's, that's the thing I feel like, um, I don't know. I don't know because it is nice to get the closure with an open casket, right? Sure. It's a final goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very morbid. It's very morbid. 
Yeah. Oof. Tough. Yeah. Um, this part takes place in the house where the deceased had lived. An important part of the Greek tradition is the epicedium, the mournful songs that are sung by the family of the deceased, along with professional mourners. The deceased was watched over by his beloved the entire night before the burial, an obligatory ritual in popular thought, which is maintained still. Ekphora is the process of transport of the mortal remains of the deceased from his residence to the church, nowadays and afterward, to the place of burial. The procession in ancient times, according to law, should have passed silently through the streets of the city. Usually certain favorite objects of the deceased were placed in the coffin in order to go along with them. In certain regions, coins to pay Charon, Charon, who ferries the dead to the underworld are also placed inside the casket. A last kiss is given to the beloved dead by the family before the coffin is closed. Okay, <clears throat> we're going to get up to like modern day, but we're going to go around the world and learn about some cultural funeral practices. The Epcot of death. <laughs> Deathcot. Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, boy. Okay. So this is all going to be, well, most of it's from um, a Britannica article. Mm. So first first and foremost, sky burial. Uh, quote, sky burial is common in Tibet among Buddhists who believe in the value of sending their loved one's souls towards heaven. In this ritual, bodies are left outside, often cut into pieces, for birds or other animals to devour. Um, this also, I would be damned if birds got the final say. I don't want birds to eat. I me. mean, they will I not birds. Win. No. <laughs> <laughs> this serves the dual purpose of eliminating the now empty vessel of the body and allowing the soul to depart, while also embracing the circle of life and giving sustenance to animals. When you say it like that, like. Yes, I agree. Yeah, circle but can we life. do no birds? <laughs> Just anti-bird. I would. I would love um, like a lion. Hmm. Let a lion take a stab at me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even like a cow. As thanks for all the burgers. <laughs> That's too dark. Are <laughs> cows herbivores? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, next, we're going to talk about dancing with the dead, um, which best describes the burial tradition in Madagascar of Fama Dihana. The Malagasy people open the tombs of their dead every few years and rewrap them in fresh burial clothes. Each time the dead get fresh wrappings, they also get a fresh dance. <laughs> Sorry, the way that they wrote that, a fresh it dance. Just... <laughs> oh no <laughs> um near the tomb while music plays all around this ritual translated as the turning of the bones is meant to speed up decomposition and push the spirit of dead toward the afterlife i think that's pretty cool 
and probably serves as a great way to not like forget the dead. If you have yeah. to go in yeah. and, uh, you know, rewrap them every couple of years. Yeah, definitely. You're going to remember them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Many cultures, especially in Nordic countries have embraced water in their rituals of choice for the dead from laying coffins atop cliffs face toward the water to actually using the water as a burial ground. Some set bodies adrift in death ships, either along a river or sent out into the ocean, giving the bodies back to the gods or places most valued by the people of the area. Um, celebrating the life of the deceased can take many forms. A traditional, a tradition from Varanasi, India, involves parading the dead through the streets, the bodies dressed in colors that highlight the virtues of the deceased. Uh, red for purity or yellow for knowledge, for example. Hmm. In an effort to encourage souls to reach salvation, ending the cycle of reincarnation, the bodies are sprinkled with water from the Ganges River and then cremated at the town's main cremation grounds. While countless burial traditions around the world include cremation, South Koreans have taken it a step further by turning the ashes of the deceased into beads. These beads have a bit of shine to them and come in an array of colors from pink or black to turquoise. Placed inside glass vases or even open in dishes, the beads can then take center stage inside a home, a more decorative choice than a conventional urn. Hmm. I really like that. I think that that would be really cool to have. I feel weird about it. I don't, I would need to, I need to see some examples. Yeah. Well, I do like when people have, um, um, you know, ashes of a loved one, like, uh, made into, Mm. you know, yeah. I've seen it like, what is it like a diamond? Yeah. 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 I think that's pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in a country where space is at a premium and cremation is becoming the only realistic choice for burying the dead, getting something beautiful out of the process gives loved ones a new tradition to embrace and an heirloom to treasure. And then Britannica ends the article with, um, the Philippines. So Hmm. they say, we promise seven unique burial rituals, but when it comes to the Philippines, there are just too many to choose from. Um, the Tinguian people dress the deceased in the fanciest of clothes and sit the body on a chair, often placing a lit cigarette in the lips, uh, while the Binguet people blindfold their dead before placing them in chairs at the entrance of the home. Hmm. Both a bit um, extremes. Scary. Yeah. It would be scary, I, saw, I think. I like read an article the other day about... Um, a uh, like mortician in I think it was Mexico who Mm -hmm. does these like realistic um embalming is that what you call like taxidermy for humans (laughs) yeah embalming for humans yes embalming (laughs) um embalming um (laughs) and like there was one it was so fucking sad where it was like a a kid he was like 17 or 18 I think or young 20s I don't know and he'd gotten shot and died 
and his parents like didn't want to remember him as like a murder victim they wanted you know to remember him and so he was posed like you know in this chair like you know and he it was really unsettling to me but apparently it it really meant a lot to the family to have it look like he was like very much still alive and hanging out um yeah I mean that's the whole thing right with all of this yeah it's not for me yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. We're not raised in these cultures. So right. of course, if you are raised in one of these cultures, it's not going to seem strange. No, not at all. Um, yeah, we're doing this from a, a very narrow perspective. So. Exactly. Um, so, and then the Cebuano people dress children attending funerals in red to lessen the chance that they will see ghosts. Uh, the Sagada region features coffins hung from cliffs bringing the souls of the dead closer to heaven while people in Kavit often entomb the deceased vertically in a hollowed out tree chosen by the person before death. Uh, The diversity of regions in the Philippines has given rise to a diverse diversity of Filipino burial burial rituals that comes second to none. Um, All very... um, very different like for you know i know there's uh, something close to a zillion islands in the philippines Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um you know for being a somewhat small nation to have so many different general practices yeah a varied cultural approach yeah very interesting um and then for some knowledge on african burial rituals we're going to go to wikipedia Uh, Quote, African funerals are usually open to many visitors. The custom of burying the dead in the floor of dwelling houses has been to some degree prevalent on the Gold Coast of Africa. The ceremony depends on the traditions of the ethnicity the deceased belong to. The funeral may last for as much as a week. Another custom, kind of a, a kind of memorial, frequently takes place seven years after the person's death. These funerals, and especially the memorials, may be extremely expensive for the family in question. Cattle, sheep, goats, and poultry may be offered and then consumed. The Ashanti and Akan ethnic groups in Ghana typically wear red and black during funerals. For special family members, there is typically a funeral celebration with singing and dancing to honor the life of the deceased. Afterwards, the Akan hold a somber funeral procession and burial with intense displays of sorrow. Other funerals in Ghana are held with the deceased put in, a, put in elaborate fantasy coffins, colored and shaped after a certain object, such as a fish, crab, boat, and even airplanes. Bury me in a crab coffin. Please, I want to be able to pick like what shape my coffin is. And I don't want a regular ass, you know, put me in a banana. A banana, dude. Yes. That's the dream. It's so interesting to me to hear all of these different, um, you know, customs, of course, for a lot Mm -hmm. of reasons, but it is interesting to compare a lot of the, you know, traditionally Western, Mm -hmm. um, 
practices, because I think that's also kind of indicative of like an underlying psychology where we like to, you know, close the coffin and hide things that are painful and, you know, just bury it deep and not ever address (laughs) anything. That's Um, very true. Probably making life more difficult for us. Exactly. And I think like there is, I really liked, you know, the, um, when you were talking about the celebration in Africa, Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, they're wearing bright colors and they're singing and dancing. And it's like, you can feel a lot of things all at the same time. And so, yeah, yeah, just like that's so foreign, but it's, I don't know. It's very cool. I wish that it was, you know, I know obviously um, there are some subcultures within America who do big celebrations of life. I wish it was more common um, because like, I mean, you're right that the, the sole emotion that we get from funerals, at least in my own, you know, personal experience is Mm -hmm. just mourning. It is full on mourning. And it's very prescriptive mourning too, of like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't, there's not really like, it's not really socially acceptable to celebrate a life, you know, they, they have like celebration of life ceremonies, but really it's Mm -hmm. still like geared at making everyone sad and yeah, you know, it's not actually celebratory, um, at any of those. So it's very, yeah, very prescriptive. Yeah. Every song's going to be in a minor key. If there's a song sung, (laughs) you know what I mean? So many organs being played. Yeah. (laughs) The saddest of all instruments. (laughs) Oh, so true. Beautiful but very sad, very sad and can be scary. Oh, although I would say a violin is the scariest of all instruments. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you hear good, like horror music, yeah, it's very, it's like usually a violin, choppy staccato violin. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, but, you know, we'll the, of the opera episode. didn't play, didn't play the violin. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We should do a whole thing on, um, you know, what instruments, what emotions instruments are assigned to. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's get to the, because this is a very interesting part to me. There are a couple um, professions that obviously we heard about in ancient Rome and Greece Mm-hmm. Um, but that were continued into um, Europe in the 17th through the 20th century, um, and very specifically in the in I would say England, but I'll say the United Kingdom because I don't know for sure. <laughs> Um, But this is from Wikipedia. So quote, from about 1600 to 1914, there were two professions in Europe that have almost entirely disappeared. The mute is depicted in art quite frequently, but in literature is probably best known from Dickinson's Oliver, nope, not Dickinson's, Dickens, Dickens's Oliver Twist. Yep, 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 we got there. I got there. Oliver is working for Mr. Sourberry when this conversation takes place. Quote, there's an expression of melancholy in his face, my dear, which is very interesting. He would make a delightful mute, my love. And in Martin Chuzzlewit, Moult, the undertaker, states, quote, this promises to be one of the most impressive funerals, 
no limitations of expense. I have orders to put on my whole establishment of mutes, and mutes come very dear, Mr. Pecksniff. The main purpose of a funeral mute was to stand around at funerals with a sad, pathetic face. A symbolic protector of the deceased, the mute would usually stand near the door of the home or church. In Victorian times, mutes would wear somber clothing, including black cloaks, top hats with trailing hat bands, and gloves. Spooky. I would love to be a mute. Um, Just stand okay. there and be quiet and get paid for it? I mean, when you put it like that, sure. You're but just standing there. You're just standing there. But here's why I would not like to get paid for, or I would... I don't know that it's worth the paycheck. One, I have to leave my house. Two, I have to be around a lot of other people. Three, a lot of feelings. Four, dead people. Okay. Those are some really good points. But on the pros side, maybe some hors d'oeuvres or casseroles. You'd get good food. Mm -hmm. You might meet some cool people, although you wouldn't be able to talk to them. (laughs) Even better. I would think it's a fat paycheck though, because it just said, you know, mutes come very dear, which tells me mm-hmm. that they're hard to find, which yeah. if I know economics and I think I do, <laughs> <laughs> I would think they get paid a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's the professional mourner. So the professional I'm sorry, I'm just mourner, imagining you putting an ad on Craigslist, Craigslist out right now being like mute, mute services, mute, mute for sale, you get some weird responses, responses. and they wouldn't none have of to them, do with funerals, none of them having to do with funerals. Um, so the professional mourner, generally a woman would shriek and wail often while clawing her face and tearing at her clothing to encourage others to weep. Just truly like scaring people and making them so uncomfortable that they just start crying. <laughs> the poor children are just like, oh my God, who is this Can woman? Can <laughs> um, Forms of professional mourning are recorded from ancient Greece, as we learned earlier, and were commonly employed throughout Europe until the beginning of the 19th century. The 2003 award-winning Philippine comedy Crying Ladies revolves around the lives of three women who are part-time professional mourners for the Chinese Filipino community in Manila's Chinatown. According to the film, the Chinese use of professional mourners to, to help expedite the entry of a deceased loved one's soul into heaven by giving the impression that he or she was a good and loving person, well loved by many. Okay, let's visit the museum, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. So the National Museum of Funeral History was founded in 1992 by Robert L. Waltrip. He had a 25-year dream, 25-year-long dream, of educating the public and preserving the history of of death care. The first major exhibit at the museum was a collection of antique hearses. Sorry, can you imagine? It's like (laughs) this little kid. Someone's like, what do you want to be when you're up? I want to preserve funeral history. Like how fucking creepy is that? (laughs) So creepy. Robert. 
Um, <laughs> there goes little Robbie, always obsessed with funerals. That kid. <laughs> he goes to every funeral in town. It's weird. <laughs> Just um, takes notes. <laughs> yeah, he would be a mute for sure. Um, there is, of course, an entire exhibit on the embalming rituals of Egypt, which we didn't get to talk about, oh, but yeah. there's just, you know. Oh, there's so much. There's too, it's impossible. It's too much, yeah. Yeah. Um, but shouts out to mummies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mums. <laughs> shouts um, out to mummies. <laughs> hope everyone had a great, you know, mummies Afterlife. day a couple weeks uh, ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> Afterlife. Did you say afterlife? Yeah. <laughs> Have a great afterlife. Um, yeah. So sorry that we put your bodies in museums. Yeah. What? Ooh. Have you ever been to a, like a mummy exhibit? Um. I mean, I've seen mummies at museums. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just it was weirder than I thought it was going to be. Whenever I. Oh yeah. Song. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Where Probably. It's just like, so fucking weird that there's yeah. like, oh, there's like ancient dead guys in here. Like yeah. I'm in, I'm sharing a room with them right at this moment. Can we just keep them buried? Yeah. They deserve, you know what I mean? Like some they deserve don't just some fucking me. rest. Yeah. I mean, rest. <laughs> I mean, tired. Egypt and all of those fucking plagues. Oh. <sighs> Can they just have a minute? Yeah. They've been through enough. Um, now, to me, one of the strangest exhibits <laughs> this museum, you're going to hate it. Great. Um, is the collaboration they've done with the Vatican <laughs> Great. Um, to celebrate the lives and deaths of the popes, which is um, exactly what it said on the website. I think it's funny. Um, to say celebrate the deaths of the popes, and I just wrote, I don't know about you, but I don't need an exhibit in order to celebrate the death <laughs> of a pope. I mean, so savage, but so savage. Obviously, yeah. I'm kidding, but not really. Obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, just not a big fan. So here's the Atlas Obscura write-up of this museum. It's very in depth. Nestled in a quiet neighborhood of Houston, Texas, the National Museum of Funeral History hosts an unlikely collection celebrating our final send-off. From a visual history of embalming to African fantasy coffins, the museum is a fascinating look at the history, science, and art of death. Featured in its unique collection is JFK's original Eternal Flame, a diverse array of funeral programs from famous people, and a collection of beautiful hearses, both horse-drawn and motorized, including a tragic funeral bus, which more than lived up to its name. I don't know how, um, but... A yikes. Yikes. Um, the specially designed funeral... Oh, they're going to tell us how. I've just <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> especially yeah we're doing great the specially designed funeral bus was meant to carry both coffin and mourners but when climbing a steep hill in san francisco uh oh it tipped over sending both the living and the dead flying onto the street it was quickly retired from service guys 
Do not not hitch a ride with a dead body. It's just, yeah, it's a no for me. And in San Francisco (laughs) of all places, (laughs) do that in Kansas, you psychos. Yeah, come on, Nebraska, please. Um, An exhibit about presidential funerals includes a bill from George Washington's funeral and the hearse used to carry the bodies of both Ronald Reagan and Gerald Ford. Visitors can pay their respects to Abraham Lincoln via a full-scale replica of Lincoln lying in repose, which like, okay. In addition to the faux body, the museum has a genuine lock of the 16th president's hair. Um, And the museum is also home to a school that teaches embalming. So, you know. Someone's got to do it. Thanks, guys. Wide variety of options at this museum, if I do say so. It feels like they couldn't quite um, decide what they were going for. We've all been there. They're a real renaissance funeral service. Yeah, sometimes it's tough to pick a lane. Okay, I have two reviews for you. The first one is from, and they're both from Google. The first one's from Corey. And Corey gave it one star and just said, bathroom is for customers only. Can you imagine being in Houston? where you know I've, I haven't been to Houston but I assume that there are things like grocery stores and fast yeah. food chains <laughs> and you have to go to the bathroom and it's hot and you're tired and in that moment you decide you know where I would like to take a dump this museum with hearses in front I just like what surely there's a better place it's just, not like it's in downtown houston yeah make better decisions Corey. Uh, Corey. <sighs> um and the second and final review is from mr math expert who gave it three stars ate him ate him already mr math expert <laughs> oh National Museum of Funeral History is an interesting museum, but really it's missing too much. Why the stuff about the Pope? Okay, fair. <laughs> I fair, 100% agree. Fair in any context with the Pope. <laughs> yeah. Why the stuff about the Pope when it's supposed to be about the National Museum of Funeral History? It's such an extraordinary waste of space. And most of all, who the hell, hell cares about it? <laughs> Oh my God. Did I write this for you? I love it. Oh my God. Instead, why not cover the history of grave digging and grave robbing, headstones and mausoleums? I mean, just, you know, open your own museum, dude. Yeah, you clearly have experience. (laughs) Yeah, expert. And And the work of morticians and funeral directors. I would have liked to see a video of one dead person... Okay, sir, there are websites for that. (laughs) Surely you can find it online. I would have liked to see a video of one dead person who undergoes the funeral process from start to finish. I would not like to see that. I would never want to see that. Yeah, keep that one to yourself, Mr. Math Expert. Yeah, find the dark web and please and pray. 
That would have been very enlightening. An interesting curio from history books, which was captured in the Great Train Robbery, is the mention of a coffin being affixed with a bell, so the supposedly deceased would not have any fear of being buried alive by ringing the bell. And no mention of prison funerals? (laughs) (laughs) The audacity. (laughs) This glaring mistake. No mention... And also, they don't cover bird funerals at this museum, if you can yeah, believe it. It's so, crazy. Yeah. Um, all in all, National Museum of Funeral History is incomplete and has a lot of potential to be a better museum than it currently is. I will say, I was hard-pressed to find bad reviews of this museum. Yeah. So, um, so, it so take those like Mr. With a Expert. Salt. It's just on his little high horse. Maybe stick to math, guy. (laughs) Guy. (laughs) Or just open your own fucking museum. It seems like you're fine. You've got good ideas. I would love to learn about grave robbing and stuff, but yeah, and prison (laughs) prison funerals. Yeah, I truly don't know how they do them. So yeah, I bet it's a real bummer. It probably is. Um, but that was the National Museum of Funeral History. Wow. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, we've all learned a lot. We've learned a lot. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Compliment me some more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just gonna eulogize you right yeah please I would love that a living funeral if I had one of those imagine um what do they do a new girl the honey roast yeah (laughs) saying nice things we should do that for our patrons we should just eulogize them this is getting too dark um it's not a bad idea though yeah campers Hey. Hey guys. Is everyone How okay? <laughs> um thank you for hanging out with us mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, celebrating funerals. Mm. Um if you want to uh hang out with us more, we do talk sometimes about things that are a little bit lighter in nature, not yeah. always. Sometimes we do also talk about things that are darker in nature. So <laughs> Yes, it's just a real, uh, real shot in the dark. Um, but if you want to yeah. hang out with us, we are on the internet, um, at all the usual places. We have a website, uh, the museum mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't updated that in a while though. So, you know, it's there though. Fire beware. Um, yeah. but what we have updated recently is social media, um, so Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, we don't care that much about Facebook, so Mm-mm. sorry. Um, all of those, all the big ones were there. We're hanging out. Megan's been posting some great little videos on TikTok. I'm a TikToker, um, y'all. She's a TikToker. I'm basic TikToker. I hardly know her. Um. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> whoops um yeah she's basically gen z 
Yeah, at this point. If you would like to uh, get some bonus content and have a direct line into our eyes and ears, um, you are welcome and invited to join our Patreon patreon.com slash the museum camp five dollars a month gets you some good fun stuff and we were just recently brainstorming a bunch of stuff that we're going to be working on over the next few months so yeah buckle in it's gonna be great yep yeah um if you would like to man there's just so much housekeeping <laughs> the sigh the heavy sigh <laughs> i just realized it's there's a, like only two-thirds of the way there yeah a lot of books. um we okay so obviously you're listening to us on some sort of podcast app and it would mean the whole world to us if you would just take a quick sec and check to see if you can leave us a rating and or review and then do so if you are able and if you haven't already um it helps get the word out about um you know museums and prison funerals um <laughs> <laughs> and we recently we've had um a few people go on and rate and review us and I would just like to say thank you because thank it you. really does help like boost our visibility whenever you mm-hmm. guys do that um and we uh you know couldn't continue making this without all of you we couldn't so thank you thank you um how did I do did I get everything yeah, you did it all. You're amazing. Oh <laughs> um, campers, thank you again. We love you. And we'll see You're you next time. You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.